Good morning. I would also like to uh, take a moment and just add my word of appreciation uh, to our veterans and their spouses, their families. Um, we, uh, we have a day like today, and it's, uh, it's great that it fell on a Sunday because we get to, uh, uh, to appreciate and honor veterans uh, that are part of our church family. And so, uh, so I hope that you have been uh, appreciated and honored this morning. Uh, we also had a number in the first service as well, as you might, as you might imagine, that we're in the first service, and so that's been, uh, it's been a blessing to be able to express gratitude uh, to people who have served and who have been willing to lay down their lives uh, for us, and so we're very, very grateful. It's also uh, the 100th anniversary to the end of World War I today. It also happened to fall on, on, on this day, and so, uh, so again, just, just a lot to be uh, reflective about today in light of our, of our nation and, and uh, the gratitude that we have for our, our armed forces, and just as Jeff was praying, just the reminder that, that even now in, in, in this day, we have people that are out in, uh, in, in, in other countries and other places that are, that are there seeking to protect and, and to keep us uh, and our freedom safe, so we want to be mindful of that as well. What a good example we see from veterans and we see from those who serve in the military about, about a sacrificial life, a, a life of service. And uh, that is certainly something that as followers of Jesus Christ, we need, we need examples of that. Christ himself being the ultimate example, uh, we read in Scripture that he came uh, not, not to be served, but to serve. And he set a wonderful example of meeting the needs of those around him, looking for ways in which he could uh, intersect with people's lives and provide something for them. And, uh, and we see also in our, our veterans just a willingness to, uh, to meet the needs of other people, and in their case, sometimes people that they don't even know, and yet they're willing to do that. And so uh, please take uh, today, as, uh, as we have this morning, to, uh, to express uh, gratitude and appreciation to those who have served. In fact, I want to start uh, my message with a, with a story about a veteran. In fact, uh, he was a, a veteran of, of World War II, Fred Hargesheimer, hard for me to say his name, Fred Hargesheimer, and this is a picture of him from 1943. He was a pilot, and uh, he had an experience in the South Pacific where he was shot down by uh, the Japanese, and he had to parachute into uh, the country of Papua New Guinea. And as he was landing, uh, of course, by parachute, he, he knew that, that, that this could be a, a real problem for him. He'd, uh, in his training, understood that some of the tribes in that area were, were violent, that there were headhunters, that, that, uh, that, that his, his issues could just be, uh, be starting once he, once he hit the ground. And sure enough, uh, there was a group of, of, of tribal people that saw him and, and came to him. But uh, to his, uh, to his uh, uh, delight, they weren't there to harm him. Uh, they, they, they took him in, and they, they, they tended to his wounds, and they, as, they were, uh, as they were gathering together, they were singing. Of course, he didn't know their language, right? They didn't know his, but he recognized the tune, and I kid you not, these, these, these tribal peoples were singing Onward Christian Soldier, and uh, evidently, they had been impacted by, by missionaries. In fact, in the seven months that Fred lived with, uh, with these people, he even met uh, some of the missionaries that had gone to the Nakani people. And uh, it was a very interesting uh, uh, situation. He was there for seven months. They, they nurtured him back to health. 
And when Japanese uh, soldiers came through, they understood the conflict there. They hid him for his own safety in different parts of the forest until seven months later when Australian troops came through. And I believe this is the, the picture that was taken when they found him, uh, actually the, the one that you just had up, if you wouldn't mind, uh, with him there with some of the tribal people. And so uh, this would be a nice end to the story, that he was, he was finally uh, brought uh, back home and, and, uh, and end of story. But that, that really is just when the story began, because Fred couldn't get over the fact that there was a group of people out there that had saved his life. And he felt like he wanted to, he wanted to, uh, to, to pay them back in some way. And so he began thinking about what he could do for the Nakani people. And when he got back to the United States, he continued making contact to some of the missionaries that he met there. And he decided he would raise funds to build a school, and he went back. And that's what the next picture is. You see a little building in the back. That's the first school that the Nakani people had ever had. And it wasn't the only one that Fred would build. He would continue to, to serve them over the years, making multiple trips back. This one with his wife, the, who you see on the, on the far right. But he also would bring his children at different times, built schools, built clinics, uh, built a library. And it was, it's really an incredible story. And uh, a man that, that when he was landing, before he even met the people, was reciting Psalm 23 in his mind that the Lord would be with him, that, uh, that, that he would have God's presence. And then to hear them singing a hymn that he recognized and to see the story that developed out of that. In fact, there's a biography of his life, and the title of the book is The School That Fell from the Sky. And uh, you just see the, the connection there on, on what his impact was. And, and as much as, as he was impacted by them for the way they cared for him, they also were impacted by his life. The next picture is when he was older, and he went back, and you can see him there among the, the children. They've got their school uniforms on, and they gave him an honorary title of chief warrior. And he was, he was asked um, uh, what his motivation was that would, that would prompt a lifelong commitment to this people. In fact, he, uh, he died in 2010 at the age of 95, and uh, he was asked uh, by a reporter what his commitment, what the motivation was for his commitment. And he said, and I quote, these people were responsible for saving my life. How could I ever repay it? And so what a, what a powerful story of a veteran, one of our veterans, but also for us, a brother in Christ, one that, that, uh, that, that also had more motivation there to, to serve these people as part of his life mission. And as we think about his dedication and service, I would just ask you, how, how would you respond if you were in his, in his shoes? If, if there was someone who had, who had literally helped save your life, what would be your response to that individual or to those people? What is our response as we think about the one who has saved our soul? We've been singing, we've been worshiping this morning, we've been considering what Christ has done for us, and, 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 and Jordan shared in, with some compelling words for us to think about our own story and our own experience, our own, our own walk with, with where God found us and what He's done. What does that do for you and for me as we think about a response? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that the Lord wants us to repay Him, right, for, for saving our lives. I don't think we could ever do what He has done for us, right? But there is a response that I think is appropriate when we think about living a life that is committed to Him, 
when we think about living a life that shares with others what he has done for us. And so this morning, we're going to ask ourselves this question. What is my mission within the Great Commission? What's my mission? What's my part? Because we know that, that the Great Commission is for the followers of Christ to go therefore and make disciples. And so, so we have experienced the love of Christ, the grace of Christ, the truth of the gospel, and we've been given an opportunity to be a part of his great commission. A few weeks ago, I, I shared with you this little booklet called The Kingdom First Life, put out by Life Action Ministry. It's meant to be a six-week follow-up from the time that we had uh, with them back in October. And I'm going to reference uh, some of the passages in Lesson 3 and 4. And if you, if you haven't picked one up yet, it's, it's, it's by no means too late to get one. They, we have them in the foyer. And they're, they're simple Bible studies that are meant to, to reinforce some of the things that we, that we experienced in, our, in the life action time. Some of the themes that they brought forward are contained here. And they can be used as individual studies if you want to uh, use them for, for time with the Lord or time as a family time in your small group. There's some, some, some questions that are asked to, to take what we've learned and put it into action. And so I'm going to be looking at lessons three and four uh, a little bit, uh, the themes of those lessons in our time this morning. And you will, you will note that if you've been going through the, uh, the material. But our focus today, again, finding our own mission within the Great Commission. And I invite your attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, one of the passages that is used in uh, Lesson 3 of the Kingdom First Life. And this is, uh, I think, a, a familiar passage, but it's one that, 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 is, that is very powerful. It speaks to what Christ has done, what he has achieved for, for us, for those who have called upon Christ as Lord and Savior. We see what, what has happened to us, but it also has a, a wonderful charge to us as well about sharing with others what has been given to us. And, uh, and, and, and there's even a title that's given to the followers of Christ in this passage. And it's, it's the idea of being an ambassador and a representative of Christ. What a privilege it is for us to be able to take the name of Christ with us into every area and every place of our life. Christ goes with us. We represent him. And so as we look at this text today, may the Lord use it to help us identify our mission within his great commission. Beginning in verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 5. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Verse 20, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might 
become the righteousness of God. Very powerful portion of Scripture, and it's, it's very doctrinal in the sense that it explains to us what Christ has achieved, but it also is very practical in the sense that it says, now that we have received it, what do we do with it? And I'm really struck by this idea that God makes an appeal from one human through one human to another. And so maybe we could begin by, by thinking back, who were some people in your life? Who were some influential people in your life that led you to, to consider the things of Christ? Maybe it was a family member. Maybe it was a friend. Someone who, who was there and influenced you towards Christ. Have you ever thought of it as them being a conduit of God making his appeal through them to you? Did you ever think of it that way? That's what this passage is saying, that God works through other people to, to make that appeal. Or maybe you could think of it this way. Who are the people in your life today that, that God has placed and surrounded you with that you can, can share the truth, that you can share the story of redemption, the story of reconciliation with? Because each of us have, have a, a, a unique opportunity to be that light to be that witness. That's part of, of finding our mission within this greater Great Commission. As we see in 2 Corinthians 5, the, the idea of reconciliation is really the theme. That word's used over and over. And when we, when we think of that word, we see the idea that, that, that there, are, there are two people that had been in conflict, but they come to a point of resolution. And we call that Reconciliation. And so when we think about that in light of a holy God and a, a people who are prone to sin, all of us, the Bible says, have, have sinned, we, we see that separation that has occurred. And so this passage said, in Christ, who knew no sin, he took the sin upon himself, that we would then be considered righteous before God. He took our place as a substitute. And so... Um, Maybe you've seen the, the bridge illustration before where you see Christ in between. You see his cross in between the chasm of a holy God and a, and a, and a sinful people. In fact, here's just a, a little visual of it on the next slide. If, uh, if you look, you'll see that on one side is humanity. We, of course, have sin. We suffer from the, the penalty of that sin, the, the wages of sin is death, is what the Bible says. But then on the other side, God offers a free gift of eternal life. And so for many of us in this room, we may say, I remember when I heard that message of Jesus taking on my sin, of him dying and paying that penalty on my behalf. And, and this great exchange takes place where his righteousness is credited to me so that I then can be part of the family of God. And that's a, a, just a, a simple illustration. But I know that there may be some with us today that have not yet experienced that. And this could be flowing right out of 2 Corinthians 5 here where, where they say, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Maybe today can be that day of reconciliation where you look and say, yes, I want to make sure that my relationship with God is secure. And I want to tell you, friends, it's through Christ. It's through what he has done. We're not called to earn it or deserve it because we can't. But we can trust in the finished work 
of Jesus Christ and receive that free gift of eternal life. So this is, this is what we have received if we are a Christ follower. But we see also in this passage that we're called to share it with others. That it's not something that we just keep to ourselves. In fact, there are uh, five different words that we could look at that describe this salvation. I want to look at them uh, very quickly uh, so that we can just get a full perspective of what we have received in Christ. You'll notice the fifth word is reconciliation. We'll get there. That's what's coming out of our text today. But there's also words like justification, where we recognize that, that we are a sinner and that we're not just. We're not righteous before God. But in Christ, we have been justified. So that's one aspect, is the, the gift of His righteousness declared upon us. The second word is redemption. And uh, uh, Jordan was, was referencing this when he was uh, reading from Exodus 15. We, we studied the book of Exodus and we saw the picture of, of God's people being in slavery. They were in bondage to the Egyptians. And it was a, a real picture of the bondage, the slavery that we have when we are bound to sin, that we're stuck, that we're held back. And yet when Christ comes, he breaks that bondage. He gives us freedom in Christ. And, and so we're no longer who we once were. We've been set free from the old life. Or as it says in verse 17, that we are a new creation. And so that's part of what we experience when we think about redemption. Of course, forgiveness is part of this. We mentioned this a minute ago, that we stand before God, we have the penalty of sin, and yet that penalty has been forgiven. It's been declared paid by another. Another word there is adoption. That before coming to Christ, we are alienated because of our sin. We're a stranger to God. And yet the scriptures tell us that, that when we come to him through Christ, we are now part of his family. We are adopted into the family, the household of God, sons and daughters of the king. A brand new identity that's given to us. And the Bible uses the word adoption to say that we are part of his family. And then that leaves us with the fifth one, reconciliation. That at one point we were an enemy of God, but now what are we considered through Christ? But a friend of God. Amazing, amazing statement that is, that we can be brought close to God through his son. And it says that after we've done that, we are ambassadors. We have the privilege to share with others the good news that we've experienced. We can look at our own story, our own account of, of what life was like before we knew Christ. And we see how he took us, yes, in our brokenness, in our suffering, in our confusion, in the chaos of what life looked like without Christ. And then we see the transformation that takes place in him. And we're told that we can share that with others, that that's part of, of, of what our calling is, is to be an ambassador of Christ. So I want us to see this morning that my mission, our mission within the Great Commission includes sharing our stories or sharing my story. Make it personal. Think about your own story, your own life story, your life message is what it's called in the, the fourth lesson of this little booklet. And think about it. Think about where Christ has, has found you and where he has taken you. And, and look for the opportunity to share that story with someone else. In fact, if you look in lesson three, the, the second page, 
it, 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 uh, it asks a question. It says, being a witness for Christ involves sharing what we've seen and experienced. Which stories would I be ready to share with someone? When Life Action Ministry was here, we had some stories that were shared, didn't we? Do you remember that Sunday morning when people came up to the platform and they, they, they shared how, how God had been speaking and moving in their lives? And some of them spoke to, to things that they'd been through and how, how God was, was working in their hearts. Some of them spoke to what their next yes would be. Do you remember that? The, the idea of, of taking the message and, and putting action into it. And, and so we had people Sunday morning and Sunday night sharing their story. And it was powerful. It was powerful just to, to hear what God was doing in someone's life. And I want to tell you, friends, that, that there are opportunities that we have to share the story, to be able to come along someone else that can identify with what you have been through or what you are currently going through. There is a power in a, in a, in a personal story, a personal testimony that is, uh, is something that God uses to work in the lives of others. You might even see it as him using that story to make his appeal to someone else. Now, sometimes we think that that story is, is, a, is a recount of when we came to faith in Christ. And that, that certainly is an example of it. In fact, if you look at the next screen, you'll see on the top of the, of the list, my testimony of becoming a Christian is a, an example of a story of a changed life. And so I could share with you, and I, I, I've shared bits and pieces of September 1982 and the circumstances of my life when I was hearing and understanding the gospel, I think for the first time, asking questions and trying to, 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 to know what it means to, to have assurance that Christ is Savior. Well, each of you, if you've trusted in Christ, you can go back to a, to a season of life and remember where he found you and what was taking place and the changes that began in your life. That would be one example. Others might have a, have a story of, 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 of being apart from God for a season and coming back to Him. Maybe, maybe you, can, you can relate to a, to a testimony like that, or maybe a recent story of God's power or intervention in my life. So these life stories, these testimonies, can be, can be, uh, uh, there, there, there can be a lot of latitude in what they look like. They can be something that's very recent. Here's what I'm learning right now, something God is teaching me. In fact, if you look at the, the next uh, uh, slide there, you'll see that the last one there is an important lesson about faith or life I had to learn. And those happen continually. But maybe you've been in a situation that, that was a, a, a big life change or a big struggle. Or, or a challenge, an obstacle. Maybe it was a, a point of suffering or sickness or loss. And in that, God was ministering and he was nurturing and you were learning something. To be able to, to have an opportunity to be transparent before someone else and say, I want to tell you about something that I've been going through and the hurt or the pain or the loss that I've experienced. And in the midst of that, experiencing the grace of God and knowing that I belong to Him. You see, sometimes the testimonies are speaking about mountaintops, but sometimes those testimonies are talking about the valley that we've been through as well. 
And as uh, we've already been reminded, the church family, on a, on a weekly basis, there's someone that's going through something that's very, very hard. And to be able to come together and, and encourage one another with words of support and strength is, uh, is certainly a story of a changed life. Now, we enjoyed, we were blessed by the stories that were shared during Life Action Ministry. But one of the takeaways that I had from, from that time with them is that we, didn't, we don't have to just do those stories and those testimonies when we have a special group in town that's asking us to share. We can share them whenever. Maybe some were shared today in your small group. Maybe this week, as you go through, if you're using some of this material, you'll be encouraged to share one of your life stories. And if you have that upon your heart that, that you know you've got something to share, know that there's someone out there that the Lord wants to hear it, that they can be encouraged by it. In fact, I would ask you if you're willing, if, 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 if as you're looking at these six examples of a story of a changed life, if something comes to your mind that you say, yes, Ryan, I've got something that I could share, I want to ask you this. Would you share it with the church? Would you give us an opportunity maybe even to, to, to record your testimony or to have you come and, and share that to the congregation or in whatever capacity you're comfortable with? Would you let me know? Would you take one of these little cards at the bottom of your bulletin, pull it off, and say, Ryan, I've got, I've got a story I'd like to share. There's, there's something recent or there's something in the past or I'd like to share my testimony because I think that there are others that could benefit from hearing your story, story of how God has been at work in your life. Would you do that? That's one, one takeaway for today is to ask whether or not you would share that story with us. And even if you're not sharing it with the church family at large, I would, I would ask you this. Would you be ready to share it with someone else? Maybe there's a, maybe there's a coworker that you're going to come across, or maybe there's a friend that you go to school with, and you, 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 you just sense that they need to hear part of your life so that you could, you could share how Christ has been at work. My mission with the Great Commission includes sharing my story. My mission with the Great Commission includes serving others. So part of it is speaking, right? We just talked about that. Another part is serving. It's saying, my faith has action, and I want to I wanna, I wanna serve, and I want to be involved in the lives of others. As Christ saw needs around him and he met them, I want to have my radar on, where I see the needs that are around me. Sometimes that service comes very natural, just as you interact with people in life. Sometimes it's being involved in particular ministries, either in the community or, or right here in the church. And so that's part of the em emphasis that we have today with the ministry fair in the foyer. We want to make sure, uh, really, for two things. One, that people know there are ministries taking place within the church. But secondly, that that there's an invitation to be involved if you're seeking for a way to, to use the gifts that God has given you, the passion that he's put in your heart for a particular type of service. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, that's one of the, uh, the verses that is uh, used in the kingdom first life. It, it speaks of a congregation in the town of Thessalonica. And as, as you hear the, the, uh, the word from verse 3, notice how Paul recognizes the active side of their faith. 
He says, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see the active component there? That our faith is not just a mental ascent. It, it impacts the way we live. It impacts the way we serve others. And to find those opportunities as an ambassador to Christ. Now, of course, this is something that is part of our vision. We like to, to say that, that we believe worship and growth and service are all things that, that we, as part of the church family, need to pursue. We're here gathering together in worship. We want to pursue growth as we gather in smaller groups, but we also want to find those places to serve. And in fact, when Life Action was here, one of the questions that was asked was, what is your next yes to God? And I would say that most of those next yeses involved action, involved activity, involved coming to someone and serving. This morning as you came in, you received a handout called the Serve Model, and it's it's kind of a work in progress, but something that, that we've been putting together to, to try to share how the structure of ministries within the church takes place. And uh, uh, I just want to take a moment to, uh, to highlight this. It would have been much too difficult to put it on the, on the screen, right? I mean, it's hard enough to read as it is, but it would have been very hard if we'd put it on, on as, a, as a slide. But the, the, the goal here is to look and to see as 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 we have staff that are, that, are, that are serving within leadership capacities, they are by no means the ones who are doing the work and ministry of the church. It's dependent upon the entire church family gathering together. That's where the, the health, that's where the success, the vitality of the church's outreach and service, both to one another and to the world, that's where it really happens. So if you look at that outer band, you're going to see lists of different ministries. Some of them are kids' ministries, like music and missions or Awana. Some of them are women's ministries, as you look at, at uh, Joy Bible Study. Some of them have to do with, with uh, music and worship. You can see the praise team or the choir. All these different areas where people have been serving. That's, that's, the, that's the beauty of the body working together. And so as you go out today into the ministry fair, you'll see in the foyer all different tables set up. And there are descriptions of each of these teams, the outer band, that are on the tables. You can look, you can get more information. And in some cases, it may just be a matter of being interested in what's happening. For example, there is a quilting and crocheting ministry. And I stopped by and saw some of the items that they're putting in the Operation Christmas Tree boxes and how they use some of these items in other ways to, to, uh, to share the gospel. But I'll be the first to say I'm probably not going to show up and help out with that, right? The, the crocheting and the quilting thing, I just, I just don't think I've got that. But many in the body do. And so, so we look and we find, what is it? We can be interested in all of it, but there's probably just some of it that we're really gifted and skilled and passionate about making sure that we're a part of. So anyway, take a look through that. Is it complete? No. There's areas, in fact, I found three or four things that, that we failed to get on there, and there's things that are always developing that, that will need to be included in the future. And so you can help us out by, by recognizing what that is. But uh, hopefully it's a way of being able to put together and show how different ministries function within the life of our church. And as we go to the ministry fair uh, in just a moment in the lobby, you'll have an opportunity to look at it at a deeper level. 
So this morning, the purpose of, uh, of, of, of this message has been this. Do you have a story to share? And uh, as followers of Christ, I think our collective answer would be an enthusiastic yes. We do have a story. Okay, maybe it's not enthusiastic. Maybe it takes a little prodding and prompting for us to share our story. I get that. But we do have it. And we've been impacted by the stories of others, have we not? I have. As I've heard people share from their heart God at work, maybe even in a, through a difficult situation, it stirs us. And maybe for you, there's someone that can hear your story. And the second one is, do you have a place to serve? a way to exercise your faith, to be involved in a, a part of what God is doing in this world. This is his grand story. He's the one that's reconciling the world to himself. And we have the distinct privilege and honor to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ, to be able to take that name, to take that good news to a world that is filled with chaos and confusion and anger and conflict. We get to be the ones that Christ works through to give words of peace, words of comfort, words of encouragement, and most importantly, words of reconciliation that people can know what it means to be reconciled back to God. At this time, as we go to the Lord in prayer, I'm going to invite the ushers to come and receive the morning offering. But I'm also going to invite our prayer and encouragement team to make their way over to the side. There may be someone with us today that says, Pastor, I don't know that I've been reconciled to God. I don't know that, that Jesus is my Savior. I've got questions about that. Would you stop by the table during the song or right after? Because we've got people that are ready to talk with you. Or maybe you would say, Pastor, I'm, I'm going through something in my life right now that is hard it's a struggle, and I would, I would love for someone to pray with me. Just stop by. They can put a hand on your shoulder. They can pray and, and pray words of encouragement for you. You don't have to walk. You don't have to walk through it alone. You've got a church family that, that wants to know, wants to come alongside, and this is just one way that we can do that. So respond as the Lord leads as we pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the time that we've been in worship, the time that we've been in your word. And God, we pray that you will now apply it, that you'll help us as your followers to know how we can share stories of how you have worked in our lives, how you have blessed us, how you have transformed and taken our brokenness, our hurt, and how you have given us hope and peace and a future. So God, may you be at work now May you call us into service. May you use even the ministry fair opportunity today as a way for people to be pulled and drawn into, a, into a, a, a specific way of serving your body and serving this community around us. Father, we pray for any decisions that are being made, spiritual decisions that, that may even be struggles now. We pray that you will be at work, that you will draw people to yourself. You are the great healer. You are the great reconciler. And that is why we have come today to worship you and to thank you for who you are and what you have done for us. So God, have your way in our midst and bless all that is taking place now for your purpose and glory. 
We pray this in Christ's name. And all of God's people said, amen.